I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. We're still missing Jace. Uh, it makes for a much quieter set um, when he's not here. But he's uh, he's been off to New York getting tales and meeting people and whatever you do in New York. So we'll when he gets back, we'll have, uh, I'm sure, a lot of stuff from Jay. So we have in his chair a family member. And I used to say you're half Robertson, but then some Zach reminded me that we're all half Robertson. Well, that was Zach's been using my material. I actually reminded <laughs> Did you. Did you, you say that first? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So this is John Gimber, uh, my first cousin. And it's like my little brother, like another little brother, because when I was working on my testimony back in the day, I uh, went off to New Orleans, uh, sort of like the young man in Luke 15, and uh, didn't quite have a plan for my life, but didn't want to be here because I wasn't living the right way. And so I went down and got a job in, in New Orleans, and I lived with John and his family. And my Aunt Judy, whose dad's was dad's older sister, she's been passed away how many years now? Uh, since 2006, almost. It'll be 17 years or right. so. That's unbelievable. 17 years. And so uh, she got cancer. And... Um, Anyway, she was a big part of my life. I mean, not just because of that era, but always. She's she was super fun. She loved LSU, so it was it was because of her and my uncle Harold, Dad's older brother, who also loved LSU. That that me and Jace and Willie became such huge fans because Dad didn't go to school there, and I mean, I guess it was state school, Dad. So you kind of halfway supported, but I mean, you didn't. You weren't passionate about it. No. But they were passionate about it. I mean, so when I lived down there, Judy, she would, on game days on Saturdays, uh, which we were typically all home because I worked at the hospital and she did too, but she only worked during the weekend. She would come through with the Tiger fight song playing and she'd have a broom doing the marching band. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Coming down the hall. Air baton. And, and, and she would drop it. You yeah, know, she, she would drop, drop it, it every and now she would and then. do the whole thing. And, <laughs> I mean, she was into it. And so, and, and we went to a lot of games together. So it was, it was, it was fun. Like it was, it was one of those times it was a dark period in my life because I wasn't right with Christ. But because there was family there, there was a lot of good memories, mm-hmm. you know, and so we had a lot of those too. So for sure, I, I used to sleep in your room. When, yeah, you remember that I kicked you out of your room? <laughs> yeah, I, I just you know it was always seemed like somebody coming and going, and I remember that uh, you know getting kicked out when you came in. I remember when I moved, you know, our, and then you know the other connection was uh, maybe while you were down there, our, our school teachers went on strike for a year, and that was when I moved really? in with Phil and Kay. And uh, and I remember coming up, and Jason and I shared a bedroom. Yeah. Of course, it was back then. It was two bedrooms: Phil and Kay's bedroom, which yeah. was do not enter. Now, were they through bedwetting at that point? Because when I when I was younger, we all three slept in the same bed, but we didn't know who had the bedwetting issue because it could have been any of us. Yeah, you know, when you wake up in a pool of urine, you're not exactly sure where it comes from. <laughs> now, l- luckily, that was still Willie back then. Cause I think Willie was we well, all well determined in high school. It was Willie, right? <laughs> Well, me, me and Jay shared that. It was it was a lot of good times, it, yeah. and it developed our relationships, you know, which was I'm thankful for because you know my life wasn't always perfect, but I had those memories and I had that guidance from Phil and from Jace and from from you for sure. Right. Uh, and because of our connection, it just really let me uh, be drawn that so way. What I remember about your childhood, John, is you put the A and D and ADD. You were a hyper child. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I was undiagnosed, I think, for a long time. <laughs> they didn't time. know about it back in the day. <laughs> Boy, if we'd only known about some Ridland back in John's day. So he was a hyper child. But, you know, there, the, John has always had an endearing quality because he has a huge heart. And, you know, I, Judy did too, but your dad does too. He's kind of a gruff exterior, but he, he also has a big heart too. I mean, I, you know, you'd have to know your dad like yeah. I knew him to appreciate his heart because, like, on the outside, he's like, idiot you know but but like he really has a big heart he's yeah he's and it's been different you know he's 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 dealt with the dementia coming in and stuff now too but over the years i mean dad loved us and and did everything possible he didn't come from of course none of us i don't ever remember getting a hug from granny and paul ever no uh and so like there wasn't and it and and i never got one from his mom so it was just a different type of love shown. I mean, we we're all really close and we all love each other and care for each other. And the things that family has done for me over the years has been unbelievable because yeah. they love, we love each other, right. but it's just a different way of showing it. It right. wasn't a touchy feely and, and dad's the same way. He wasn't yeah. a touchy feely dad. So you always, and you had a love for hunting, uh, which, you know, whatever that is in our DNA for that. Um, I, I guess anybody can love it, but but certainly something about our family is it's just been a stock thing since we were kids, you know, that mm-hmm. we love to hunt. And you share that with us, even to this day. But then I, I think one another link that we've had, John, with your family in particular, and you to us, has been food, has mm-hmm. been cooking. And, um, you know, you've always, you kind of took that from your mom. Judy was always kind of the, when she was alive, she was that one sibling that brought everybody together. Yep. Remember all of our, when, when Granny and Paul were still alive, and especially when they got too old to host things themselves, because you're going to get to that point where sure. you just can't host and feed that many people. When they got to that point, Judy took over. And then it really changed after that because that was kind of the end of that era when she was gone about getting together with your siblings. I mean, now yep. it's just kind of hit or miss through the years. And so I think that love for food and cooking, I mean, we were just, John, just this last week, so we're down. And now Alex, you know, my youngest, likes to cook. And so we were down making the meatball recipe, which is Judy's meatballs, but she calls you to get the recipe. We're cooking it. They're cooking it for the first time. And we have people over, and they're like, oh, this is fantastic. This is the best stuff I've ever had in my life. And, you know, you just take for granted that blessing of being able to not only cook, but cook well. Right. And to make stuff really good. And that's that's always been, that's how mom was. She she tried to learn from the best, do it the right ways. and uh, She was a great cook. She and, and what's so funny is, and I think it's because of how y'all were brought up, she did things simple. She did things not overly extravagant, but very, very well. And one of my well, most- We come out of the old log cabin where it was- <laughs> Not, not, you, you know, survival. Food was survival. When I would think in the way you are, Dad, knowing your brothers especially, the girls had to really have a hard time because it was just most all the boys, but then yep. they had to at least have a little bit of privacy, right, For because yep. they were girls. I mean, as yep. much as you could. It was it was 1,800 <laughs> living. My, mom said she wore boys' underwear growing up because the boys outnumbered the girls, Yeah, and they bought for Jimmy Frank and then just cycled them down. Yeah. And so she never had girls underwear, she said, so she went to <laughs> So those tidy whities didn't stay tight across <laughs> no. the generations. Yeah. They became loosey-dooseys after That's a while, it. yeah. Well, I have heard the story about the uh, number three washtub bathed by 
age order yep. uh, that happened. Is that right? Is that a true story? Sitting out in the backyard, set put what get well water and pour over in the so it's tub. cold to begin with but. yep and let it sit in the sun for a little bit at least it gets up to the temperature outside think about it winter time and all that you know not a whole lot of bass <laughs> too cold <laughs> but they poured them in a in number three wash tub and the women had their way of putting curtains around them or something i never got how that went, went down but yeah but all the guys started from the top the oldest all the way down to the lowest so that's why i why you see Cy way acts like he does. He was the last man on deck. <laughs> yeah, a lot bathing, of bathing, food, everything. He was always in a dirty water. Yeah. He <laughs> was funny. born ostracized. Yeah, he was. Well, one time we got into a hunting situation a few years ago, and some of that bubbled over. Cy said, I got tired tracks on my back where I've been run over my whole life. <laughs> so I guess it does go back being the youngest. It is. It's it's but And you're the youngest. I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. Except for a vehicle, uh an old vehicle, old Ford vehicle. Yeah, my- if you remove that and pull up in our yard, you would have thought it was eighteen hundred and fifty. Yeah. Eighteen eighteen hundred living. So if you ever come to No 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 gas heat, just fireplace. Yeah. On one end of the cabin, I mean, you went out to the, it was a big deal when they finally got a well pump that will pump water inside your house. You have running water. I remember when it was just a bucket, bucket it's at a time. Like magic, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? So if you come to the tour, um, it, it's at Duck Commander now, the first place you walk into is a recreation of that setting yep uh, which is pretty interesting to show where they all one man built the house with a crosscut saw and an axe one one man built that house so it was just uh, it was what you would live in 1800 so i think some of your cousins actually took that house and yeah fixed it up and restored i think it may even be a bed and breakfast i'm not sure but some kind of museum or a museum or something yeah it's over in vivian so if you're ever interested in seeing all that so that was their roots, but they were they were eighteen hundred all the way. Very humble. Yep, humble beginnings. So John also, um, because you could, you always love to cook, and so you've always catered and grilled stuff and just been good at it. And so when we had Miss Case, uh, you ran it with uh, Alex, my daughter, and so you know ran our restaurant. Which so you're still great. in the foodstuffs. Field, now right? he's selling it. Now right? I'm selling the green beans, so it's a little it's a little different. <laughs> he works for Cisco. Is it, is it better than cooking them? It's way better. <laughs> it's you, you're it's the biggest thing is so that's a workhouse. Time. It's a work. I, we just did you know Jeff's uh, Lily's wedding. Yeah. Monday and everybody loved and that. his food was delicious as oh, always. Oh yeah, the food was, never had a bad gimber meal. Yeah, but it's but it's funny because you know the other thing about our family is we're we've been a little critical at times. <laughs> Uh, and then the rating really? system, yeah. And the rating system is a little odd. I mean, most of the time, rating systems you get like a one to ten. We don't get that. We get zeros and ten. It's either the best or it's the worst. Right. And and people are not really bad. Nobody is going in the Robertson and Gimber and any other family is going to tell you something is good when it isn't. Because we don't want to continue bad. You don't. You'll get presentation. You're going to get it again, right? Don't ever brag on bad cooking. <laughs> you'll be getting it the rest of your life. So we, I, I think that because it was, oh, how, how do you keep from hurting each other's feelings? Because it starts with us. You can eat a dish, John. You made it. You take a bite of it. What's the first thing you say if it's no good? Nope. nope. <laughs> and then trash can. We'd always say. <laughs> well, I'd say if it was really bad, 
I said, throw it to the dog, see if they'll eat it. <laughs> and, and I'd be watching from the door. When they threw it out there and the dog just kind of smelled and walked off, maybe to take a leak on it. I said, nope. I said, no good. <laughs> That's the ultimate insult to a meal. Yeah, the dogs won't even eat it. The dogs won't even eat it. But, it, but it's neat you mentioned that cooking. One of the coolest things I had before mom got really sick, she had written, hand wrote a bunch of her recipes for me, uh, in a spiral notebook. Yeah. And, um, I've, I've got like her, her, you know, shrimp corn stew, her jambalaya, her, yeah. uh, gumbos. That's of course the spaghetti's in there. And, uh, ironically it was lost for about two years at Dasher's house. Oh, I went over there to, to make the, make the spaghetti one time. That's a black hole for anything at the Dasher house. But they found it like two years later. Yeah. And like, I was squalling my eyes out because this is written. Mom kind of inscribed it to me. It's so in So when you're reading it and cooking it, it makes you think of her. I mean, it just every time, immediately. right? Yeah. Plus, I have her old Magnolite pot. Right. She gave me some cooking in her pot, and I'm getting the chills right now because yeah. it's just the sounds. Like when you're making a roux in that pot, it it reminds me of being a kid, yeah. and I'm making it to her recipes, usually for our family, and and everybody knows that that's not my gumbo, that's Mama's gumbo that yep. that's been brought in, and right. so it's just neat. And so you taste that gumbo, and it's like you were saying, you're tasting 1800s, yeah. you're tasting authenticity you're tasting family traditions i'm thinking i'm tasting labor day weekend the first football game and the yep. first little cool snap i'm tasting the first time we killed ducks that year you know to put in them i'm tasting these all these memories that that can be encompassed in a bowl which yeah, is Lisa what makes I, food so cool by the way we were eating some ducks now uh when we have them you you take the breasts cut them in strips about like that you know you're that stripped about that long and you put a light salt water, light brine, brine overnight, pour that off, let them soak in buttermilk, pour that off on the second night. Third night, you run that, roll that in sour cream and fry it. You can season it up. The flour and fry. And you get right as they're frying, they're just duck fingers. Yeah. But we, they're just fried duck. Yeah. I'm telling you, it is it is a great way to eat ducks. It's fantastic. And they it, are, also, they are good. it also shows you what you have to do to a duck to make him good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to be fair. Uh, so, so John, I wanted to, to, to mention that um, one, t- one of these times I went to, at least I were one of these fat doctors, and he told me, he said, you have to divorce your love of food. Is what he told me. And I was like, Doc, I mean, I'm in for a separation, but I don't really believe in divorce. And I'm going to tell you right now, food means more to me. And when you were describing that about your mom and the thoughts and the connections, that's the way I think of food, Mm -hmm. you know, in our family, which is a big deal. Um, So I want to make a transition, and uh, we have another guest that we're going to bring on in just a minute, Um, because we're talking about blood family, but the blood of Jesus changed our dynamic and relationship again because we share you know robertson blood in dna and a lot of things we like to do our connection and and you know we're clannish like any family i mean we're, we kind of stick to ourselves but the blood of jesus had another change in our relationship mm-hmm. because when i first was around you i was not acting like a christian and so i was a terrible example to you as a young boy but later in life as i came to christ and came back you had struggles of your own, you know, in your young life. And then when we reconnected uh, fully, uh, when you guys moved here, you, you and Megan, we connected at a spiritual level too. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of my role with you now as sort of a big brother in Christ has been a mentor, 
um, Lisa and I as a mentor to you guys in your in your marriage and relationship. And so that growth and what you guys have done has been incredible. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast today, uh, because we also have uh, another guest. Um, Chris Granger is going to come on and talk about men's ministry. But when I thought about people who are doing community ministry in our in our area here in Monroe and West Monroe, I thought about you because you're a big part of that. And so I want to talk about that as well as just marriage and other things as well. So uh, we're going to take a pause here. When we come back, uh, we're going to bring Chris Granger into our podcast. So hang on one second. So one of my favorite sponsors of our podcast is a group called Covenant Eyes. And, and what I love about these guys so much is they're in the battle with us. I mean, one of the reasons why we do this podcast of Unashamed is we're trying to guide people to God. We're trying to guide people to His Word. We're trying to guide people to a better marriage and a better family. And what these guys do is they battle pornography, um, which is one of the greatest scourges of our time. Yep. Um, and it certainly, we feel like what we're doing on the internet is to battle all the bad stuff that the evil one is doing. So a lot of people get addicted to this. They do it at earlier and early ages. Uh, I saw a stat where 90% of children ages 8 to 16 have viewed pornography online. Most of them are doing homework. So it just shows you how pervasive that it is. So these guys are helping provide some accountability and to wage war to help save families. And so we love it. They've been doing this for over 22 years. A lot of great resources. Uh, I go to their website from time to time just to see what all they're offering for people. And they have a lot of really, really great things. So we encourage you guys to check them out. Right now, you can sign up for a free 30 days of Covenant Eyes by going to CovenantEyes.com and enter the promo code Phil. So it's 30 free days of Covenant Eyes, covenanteyes.com, enter the promo code Phil. get started today, bring some accountability to help with this uh, pornography scourge. Welcome back uh, to Unashamed. Uh, Chris Granger, welcome, Chris. Good to be here. Into the lair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've worn your hat before because I was on your podcast, because uh, I, I love the name of The Line Within, which tell us tell us where you got that name from. For I give that all to my wife, man. She came up with the name of The Line Within Us, and uh, just talking with her about look, starting a men's ministry, and and we were coming around the idea, and she said, you know what, The Lion, let's talk about, you need to talk about The Lion of Judah. Yeah. And uh, just kept rolling with it, and it stuck, and... Yeah, here we are. You know, it's another great picture because we talk about the Lamb of God and the idea of sacrificial Jesus, which is obviously is you know such an important you know view of Him. And we've been talking from Luke six about this idea of laying down your life, but there is that Lion of Judah mm-hmm. image you get in the Scriptures as well, in Revelation, some other places that you know he's he's a fighter too you know so you got both sides of that you know so you have to be able to relay that i think as men um chris is from north carolina uh lisa and i spoke at his church and also did a men's i did a men's event for you that you had helped put together and um so anyway we appreciate what you do it's good to have you on the podcast i know you've been a listener for a long time and we're a fan of the show before that so absolutely it's good to have you here he, he showed me uh one of his uh, clip from one of his podcasts where he had his children interview him. Huh. And it was really a cool concept uh, for that. Uh, it made me think, wouldn't it be something if I had my grandkids interviewed me, uh, the questions that you would get. And one of those was, they were asking this, well, if you ever get to go to 
you know, meet the Robertsons and, and do their podcast, you know, who would you take with you? <laughs> <laughs> so then they all start jockeying for position as to who gets to come. Like the, and, oh, everybody wants to be the plus one. That's exactly that's right. right. And it turns out he came by himself. So we, we've yeah. got to do a, a good job of showing them this so they'll get the. Uh, so I want to have you both on and talk a little bit today on our podcast because about community and and about men being able to help men. Uh, we you know our audience is is wide in range and certainly our female audience has picked up a lot, especially since we started having the wives on more. But we still have a lot of young men here on the podcast, and I know from the questions that I get from them, it's like, well, how do I? How do I live a spiritual life for, for God? How do I do? How do I lead my family better? How, how am I a better dad? And so it's it's all these questions about you know somehow being better, but not being able to be sure how to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and I thought about community, and I thought about you guys coming on, and John, we were mentioning before we went to break that you know I got to see your life grow, and you had a lot of early issues, mm-hmm. uh, went through for a divorce. Sure. Uh, Talk a little bit to that about as a young man, some of your experiences and how it kind of came to where you landed with Megan now and, and the path you've been on for the last 20 years. So it's a, it was a whirlwind. I mean, uh, not the way for sure I had, I would have drawn it up, but, uh, in college, a girlfriend gets pregnant, do what you think you're supposed to do, which is get married and everything's going to work. And we were on a class out. together. <laughs> right. We had college. We, <laughs> we were, were in college, college together because I had gone back as an older person and John was there as a younger person yeah. with his girlfriend, and yeah. and she was pregnant, and I didn't know it, and, and you I didn't, didn't know, know it, <laughs> and we were in class together. And we were, and what's funny is we would do the little routine, kind of like almost like today. So we were owning that that English class. Yeah, I mean that was our class, right, and everybody right, right. else was there to you know to to take it. But you you uh, see the changes that happen, and you you have to grow up really quick trying to do the things that you think you're supposed to do, and you rock and roll and and move it, try to do it the right way, but uh which, you know, I mean, y'all may not have understand anything about this, but I was doing it my way and that just doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, after trying to do it for a while, uh, again, it didn't work out. I was kind of at a, I guess, a breaking point. Um, and I remember specifically praying one night and uh, to God and saying, God, I don't know what you got lined up for me. Uh, I know you've got plans to benefit me, but I'll do a lot of things for you. But what I won't do is forget you. Uh, and then almost immediately met who's my wife now, uh, started trying to make decisions the right way based off of not my selfishness, but about uh, what God had for me uh, and the blessings along that way. It hadn't been easy. You know, at all, we talk about that. You, yeah. I mean, married, happily married, compatible couples are still going to disagree. They're still going to have issues. Mm-hmm. And we've had a, a host of them, which I'm so thankful for you, yeah. you know, for, for guiding us through there. I'm thankful for Phil for guiding me when I was single and and showing me that God did have a plan for me. Uh, but as I started being obedient to him and searching for him on how to how to know him more and how to do what he wanted me to do with my life, the blessings have been immeasurable. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple couple kids now that are awesome. Uh, I've got a wife now, married 20 years, and uh, don't deserve her, don't deserve anything. Yeah. But, uh, but what, and so what we've tried to do since that time was uh, using your your quote, paying it uh, forward, yeah. is taking what other people have shown us and and the love of Christ uh, exemplified to us through relationships and through teaching and trying to spread that out 
uh, through my community. Yeah. Uh, and I know because of what I tried to do for the longest time was when I wasn't living it right, was I tried to isolate. I said, I can just pull myself back. I can hide all my sin uh, from people and it won't bother anybody. And then that way I can still put on the face I need to when I'm in front of somebody on church or in front of my mom or dad or whatever else. And I'll just keep rocking and rolling and that just didn't work out. And the same thing happened with Megan. Um, she was similar. I mean, you know, just if the idea was I'll isolate and get better, but she didn't. No. And and when we all came out together and dealt with that as couples and as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, it was another change for y'all in your relationship. It, it was so funny because... I joke, I mean, we've been married 20 years. I told somebody last year at our marriage conference, we'd been married 19 years. I said, for our anniversary this year, I gave her nine roses. And she said, why is that? I said, well, nine good years. (laughs) So she threw three of them away and said, well, now it's right. (laughs) You know, so so you see the change that happens and and you see what God can do with you even when you're in a mess. I remember sitting on your couch and, and, and both of us looking at you with total honesty saying we don't know how this is ever going to work out yeah we don't trust each other yeah. we can't we don't know how to love each other we don't know how to talk about good things mm. much less talk about difficult times uh, and what we had done was we had isolated ourselves around community I had nobody around me that was going to give me good advice I wasn't searching in the word for what it meant to truly be a biblical husband yeah. I wasn't understanding what God wanted me to do when he when he put that plan in place for us. And so uh, watching how that's developed now has just been awesome. And so I have made a commitment and try to every single day to try to honor that and and give God glory with that by saying, how can I do more? Mm -hmm. Because I know you've got a plan. I know you've got a plan to use this. Out of that moment of brokenness, uh, God's really done amazing stuff. Chris, tell us a little bit about your story, Um, just kind of how you came to Christ and and before you ever got to where you're helping other people like you are now. It's very similar. So I relate with you 100%. And the three words that came to mind is I got this, right? I had the same type of mentality. I got this. I did things my way. I didn't, I didn't care about anything here. I didn't have anybody directing me or guiding me, and that was really a big part of why we did start the line within us. But I went through a divorce. My, my wife left, actually, but, and, and I had two little girls that were looking at me. You know, She left us, all of us, and they were three and five, right? And, and when they look at you and say, Dad, what do we do now? Man, what do you do in that moment, right? And so I just, I, I just I leaned on this, and I leaned on my church, and then I had some men there in the church that were able to help me through it, and then— you know, luckily met my wife now, and uh, she's just been a, an absolute blessing. And we've we've since we've gone through a lot of stuff too, right? So mm-hmm. if you gave her, I mean, you said twenty roses. She kept you gave she kept nine. I think Becca would keep maybe two. You know, <laughs> uh, if I was being real, but but we just went through some stuff. You know, we 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 lost a child, and you know, there's no pain like kid pain, right? And so we've gone through that. You know, she's lost jobs, and we just we've we've been through some serious setbacks in our marriage, but. Everything pulled us closer to him. And then now we have two beautiful little, so we had the bigs and the littles is what we call. So we have a 12-year-old and an 11-year-old and then a, a 21-month-old and a uh, 11-month-old. So uh, it's never a dull moment, but it's it's been it's been a journey. It's mm-hmm. been a journey. And I, and I never had, you know, men kind of pulling me and checking me. And, and, you know, I had a bunch of yes men around me. Right. But never the guys that would just give me the truth. Right, the iron sharpening iron, and and I wasn't really wasn't ready to be sharpened either, and so I mean I just think that's such a big opportunity for us out there that I see with the men that I work with. And man, we got to have some guys out there willing to step up and take a stance sure. and and stand on the truth and and not be scared to go against you know the way the world goes because the world is broke, the world's divorced and, and single and lonely, and man, 
there's so much a better way and that, that peace can only be found right here. That's right. That's great. Great thought. Let's take another break. When I was a youth, um, I think I was about, maybe I was about 14 or 15 years old. You, you allowed us to, to take, you know, the shotgun and go and we'd kill squirrels or, you know, whatever. Uh, seemed like on this particular occasion, we were bird hunting of some kind doves or something so we were out on a muddy field and i got some mud stuck in the end of the gun barrel and so when i brought the gun home i didn't realize that i thought it was like a bad shell and i knew there was an issue with one of the shots and it put a bubble on the barrel you, you, you i caught a pregnant game barrel gun barrel <laughs> the pregnant gun barrel i didn't know there was like an official name for it <laughs> Exactly. I, I do know, I do remember, well, you were not happy with me at all. And, uh, and I think you were upset enough about it. You just kind of had to walk away for a minute and then we dealt with whatever happened to me, but I learned a valuable lesson that I've never done again. And that is that you don't get mud in your barrel and shoot it. I mean, you, you figure out <laughs> that's not a good thing. It's both dangerous, but also it, it doesn't do a barrel very well either. So our friends at Barrel Buddy, I wish I had known about them back in the day. Uh, they come up with a great product uh, to make sure that your gun barrel is clean uh, so you don't have issues like I did when I was Yeah, one of those, and it would have solved the problem. Solved the whole problem if I didn't know what I was looking for. So we want you, our listeners, to be able to check them out. Uh, they have their, these uh, white polymers that go through your barrel, all, all gauges of a shotgun, rifle, pistol. Uh, so if you're just a gun enthusiast and want to make sure your gun is clean, check these guys out. Great company, Christian guys. BarrelBuddy.com, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com. Check them out. So I wanted to talk a little bit about just in a general way of, of this discussion, but beginning with the uniqueness of men, um, the way God made us. Because let's face it, from a cultural perspective, that's been turned on its head, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of uniqueness of men and women. I think it's it's obviously a ploy of the evil one to blur that. And Dad, you and I have talked a lot about this. The idea if you manhood, can take away gender and manhood, right? Biblical manhood is in serious jeopardy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nationwide. I mean culturally. Yeah, culturally it's 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 beginning to be a lost sight. I mean, think about yeah. and I think about your children, uh yours are a little older, John, but I mean you got two young ones. Mm -hmm. And so what they're gonna learn from the from the world and cultural perspective is not at all what God teaches or what we know to be true. And so I wanted you guys to talk a little bit about that, just raising kids in that environment and how do you how do you teach them the uniqueness of biblical manhood and what that means and what leadership means and why we shouldn't run away from that, you know, because you hear words like the patriarchy and mm -hmm. you hear these, these kind of, you know, buzzwords mm -hmm. in our culture that are always in a negative way. Right. And so, how, you know, how, I don't know what John, you start. I with. mean, the, the, the biggest thing is, is that you're always teaching them and you have to recognize that. And I know for too long, I taught the wrong lessons and so, uh, and you, so you, for me, the first thing that has to be is I can never be a good dad if I'm not a good son of God. Mm. And so I, I, that's, and so then I had to, what I did for a while was figure out, uh, what is a good, what is a good follower of Jesus look like? And for me, this it's three legs. It's, it's a three-legged stool. It's, it's, uh, worship, 
Yeah. You know, and I've been in, been blessed to be around some great worship over the years. Uh, it's service because, you know, God wants all that I got for him. And I've mm-hmm. served in a lot of different capacities, but it's community. And you have to have that community. And some, you know, we're blessed to have it in, in family. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of our family, it's tough at times because of our, the busyness of, yeah. of what, of what, uh, what we've been saddled with. But that community has been around, it has to be a place where you can be open, where you can be honest, where you can uh, be fe- be non-fearful of judgment, and where you can get good, sound, biblical advice. And if you're not looking in those areas, you're going get to the, get the yes men, which mm-hmm. is a dangerous place to be in. And so uh, that the men's community was integral to that yeah. uh, for, for us, because I, there was that openness, there was that honesty, and there was that... Uh, that looking at things where, you know what, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. There's somebody else that has done what I've done, has changed and repented of it, and then has has righted that ship. And that's been truly awesome. You know what I loved about out. your three-legged stool is in all three of those cases, you have to be humble. You have to be humble to worship God because he's God, I'm not. You have to be humble to serve others because it's not my way, it's helping that's them. Right. And you have to be humble in community because if you're not willing to give of yourself— you're not going to be a friend to anybody. That's people right. say, well, I have no friends. I say, well, then you're a terrible friend. Mm-hmm. Because when you give to other people, they want you in community. Right. So that's part of that. What What, what would you say to that, Chris, yeah, in terms I, of uh, just the idea of manhood and how you present that and not only how you teach your family, but also how you help people in this culture that says that's a bad word. Yeah. We don't talk about manhood. Well, first of all, they're wrong. I mean, the biggest thing is more. there's more than cult and taught, right? So, I mean – you can teach all this stuff in the world and say all this stuff in the world, and if the, if you walk it out differently, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you're gonna be a strong man and walk by this, that means you have to walk it Monday through Monday through Saturday, including Sunday. Yeah. Right? There can't be a difference on the guy on Sunday than, than the guy the rest of the week. Right. So that's where it starts, and that's where I see the big big disconnect. Is most of these guys, if they are involved with a church at all, maybe they'll go sit to a sermon, but the rest of the week, I got this. You know, they, they're gonna do it their way. When they get baptized, they hold their wallet up out the water and they, and they hold the bedroom at the water. They don't want God in their bedroom or in their money. You know, I just want to I want to go let's sit to a sermon, and check a box. This calls surrendering and commitment. And there's a big difference when you start walking your stuff out, you know, every day of the week. It just yeah. becomes who you are. Right. No, I agree. Dad, you got a passage for us? The scariest text you can run up on to the Jews who had believed him. This is John chapter eight. Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. They answered him, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free... You will be free indeed. I know you're Abraham's descendants, yet you're ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. They said, Abraham is our father. Jesus answered, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're doing the things your own father does. 
We're not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I've not come on my own. He sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You, in some of the scariest texts I said going in when I read this in the Bible, you belong to your father, the devil, Mm. and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he, he speaks his native language. He's a liar and the father of lies. He's talking about the devil. Yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Any sin. If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So that's a scary text in John 8 on the the people Jesus was dealing with. Satan is the father of lies, and he's the father of murder. And all I can say is, in these United States of America and worldwide, there's a lot of satanic structure being our, our manhood like y'all are we y'all are young you, you're getting on your feet we have to do that and when that it has to be seen by the world around us and say hmm being kind to your wife good to your woman raising your children right training them you know being thankful to god for for his mercy once you lose that there you got hell to pay Lies and murder. Yeah, which Whew. which is what we see plenty of that, right, in our culture. I'm telling you. Let's uh, let's take another break. But y'all have done well because y'all have done these battles. I'm just showing you that your battle it's it's big, big, powerful. So you know the interesting thing about the context, Dad, in John eight that you're mentioning there is to Chris's point earlier. He told that start right before you started reading. The Bible says they believed in him, mm-hmm. and so Jesus' response to them saying, "You know what? I think you you may be who you say you are," was what Dad just read, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and so and then immediately with the rest of that, they didn't really believe in him. You, you better train them. And someone says, "Well, why should you make sure you train your children coming up?" There's one that was trained. You say, what happened to old Jace? That's another one. You say, what about old Willie boy? Well, there's old Willie. Well, then how about old Jep? You say, there's a Jep. And you look and you say, hmm. So I'm doing podcasts with my sons. Y'all are visiting as brothers. So we're all members of the same family. Meet it here and showing the world. It's, it's a serious thing. Love God. Love your neighbor has become uh, quite the task. Yeah, it has. And we get to share that together. I love, um, John, so so you kind of have a two-front, uh, and you may be more than two, two that I know of, a uh, front of, of ministry that you're super engaged in. One is marriage ministry, 
which is really interesting because we walked through so much together, <clears throat> you as a young man, that God would then choose to use that particular avenue to help you help other people. And you and Megan were part of what we were doing. But what I love about it is, you know, we you you said I need to be doing this, but I need to do this out and and doing it some other place than what you guys are doing. And so you left home base, so to speak, to go and do what you do in our community uh, and associate with another great church in our community. And I love that because they didn't have that going on before you guys went there. Yeah, and you know, y'all are on the right path. Both, oh yeah, you know, y'all are young, like I call younger books. You got a few <laughs> few little whiskers of gray, but not much. Well, there come a time. Anybody you know, younger now than seventy five will be. No, I, I like you're a young off. buck. Yeah, I'm, I'll be forty nine this year. I like being able to tell I'm young. But <laughs> Only I, dad in our world of fifty is young to dad. So well, I saw you when you were just a young. Oh buck, yeah, you know, we so still now, remember that old pumpkin seed. That's it. A yeah. lot, lot of names and a lot, lot of memories that that I guess are. Uh, are laughable, but your face is a lot thinner since you you must have lost some weight. Well, we both went to the same fat doctor. He just listened. <laughs> How many pounds did you? I just did the program. Pounds. Yeah. I noticed his face is a lot narrower. Oh yeah, yeah. John's kept it off. He's done great with that. So, but yeah, it's, it's, you didn't divorce your love of food. No, though, I didn't did divorce you? my love of food. I just have to. I just have to do it way differently now. Uh, and it was, it was, I got to just, like Willie asked me one time, he said, man, I bet you feel better when you go do something outside. I said, man, I feel better when I tie my shoes. <laughs> you know, it's the not... most dangerous part of my day, tie my shoes. <laughs> I need a footman. Okay, you know, this, this marriage deal has been, uh, has been so awesome because I remember at y'all's retreat one year, we got an award for ringing the most friends. I think we brought like 10 couple friends. Yeah. And we, we met after that and we said, well, we got two options. We can either take this thing over. Uh, yeah. and just get everybody right. to sign up, or we can start it ourselves. And with y'all's help and mm-hmm. and uh, and God's blessing, it's it's really. And Lisa and I got to come speak at your first retreat, yeah, which was a humbling thing for us too. Well, and it's scary, it's humbling and scary for us too, because here we were, like my mentor, my brother, my you know, you married Megan and I, you yeah. baptized Megan. I mean, all these things going on. I'm like, are we doing this correctly? Are we going to be judged here? Is it going to be acceptable? You took it to another level. But it's just been. It's it's been really, really cool to see how God's using that. Um, but what's, but, but what's, what's also great, and I know that this was part of His plan, was um, I started the, we started the men's really to get into the men's groups probably about seven years before that. So He had to get me right, you know, yeah. before He could ever get us right. Yeah. And uh, and that's been been awesome. Um, and that's that the. I went to the men's thing reluctantly. We were hosting a house church at our house at that point. It was really successful. Had a lot of people there. But I went just to see what it was about and just being able to be around guys, truly being honest, open, uh, and wanting to dive into the Word and show you how to live this thing out together has been great. Yeah. Uh, Kay told me one time, uh, this has been when I was 28 and, and finally getting myself on the path, she said, you want to change your, your life, you better change who you're running with. And that's what's been the big difference. Mm. I mean, who I'm running with now is people that are going to lift also me up. Also the same age you were, Dan, when yep. you changed who you ran with. Somewhere around 27, 28, 29, up to about 32 or 3. I just looked one day on everybody who was coming to Jesus through the years. That's the bracket most of them are in. How old are you? They'll say 31. Next one to come to, so how old are you? He said 28. Next one. 31, 32, 30, 28, 27. All within that five-year range. All within that five-year range, over and over and over. So so an interesting thought came up. I said, 
I think what it is, by the time you get to be 30 or right at it, you've run with the bad or the good, but that's when you will start to realize that you have a track record. And you <laughs> right. look at your track record, and it's either good or it's bad. Well, most of the time, I was 28. You, like, had enough of it, just, 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 just ran out of, had enough of it, sick of it. Track record, wrong track record. Which, ironic, no Jesus. Ironically, Jesus was 30 when he cranked his up. And, and you've burned up all your first offenses by that time. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, people quit saying, okay, this is going to get better. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take our last break. So, Chris, tell us about uh, Line Within, kind of how that started and kind of what led you to not just to be able to be a good husband and a good dad, right. but to want to impact other people. Yeah, yeah. keep that up and never look, in, never look back. Just just keep that on, on your agenda. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, it all starts there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the line within us, we, it's a podcast first and foremost, so we just try to get content out every week to serve Christian men, to be the leaders God intends them to be, and then we build this community. And the community's been unreal just on how we, we've been able to serve guys. So it's a it's an online platform where we get guys together and we really just talk about how to be uh, focused on three areas, health, wealth, and self. So health is the mind and the body. Wealth is your career and finances. And self is being better husbands and better dads. And we just break down different things through training and content and things like that. But the biggest thing, Al, is just getting guys together and just having open dialogue where, you, where you're vulnerable you're talking about the, the the issues that you're that you're struggling with. Uh, to your point, Phil, we most of our guys are, are thirty plus because we find the guys in their twenties they know everything, so we have to yep. let them figure out they don't know everything, and yep. then they come to us. And man, we've 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 had uh, testimonies of saved marriages. One, one gentleman joined in November uh, with divorce papers in his hand and went through meeting with us, masterminds, groups like that. We have live events. We pretty much have an event every day. So it's kind of like a buffet. You get to pick and choose what you come to. And I think about April, she came in, she ripped the divorce papers up, and she came to our last two couples nights, and we have those once a month. Hmm. And you see stuff like that, and it's like, it ain't me. You know, yeah. it, it's it's the Holy Spirit doing the work. We're just putting in the work to build the platform. Because when you're in the lion, it's not like Facebook or these other things where you get all these distractions. Like when you're with us, you know, on the platform working with us, that's what that's what you, that's that's what you're gonna be focusing on. Yep. It's growing in those areas. So it's it's a labor. It's a lot of work. It's a labor of love, but it's it's something we're very passionate about because we see the impact that it's having on others in their communities, and it's building leaders so that they can go out and learn the things that we teach them, so they can go make an impact in their local communities and start their own men's groups and things like that. So it's been absolutely incredible to see you know how God's been moving with that. Yeah, the doing well. Keep that up, my man. The beautiful thing about all of this is and that's the one th- good thing about we started this in the last podcast dad and i talking about our age and the gray whiskers you know that come with it is that you begin to appreciate and realize the impact you've had on people through the years and not just individually but then what they were able to do with god's gift and ability and talent to them and so I think you guys are both examples of that, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. And Brian was in the last podcast, second generation, third generation, fourth generation, where we continue to do ministry. 
and we're gonna we're gonna do it differently, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do it in some ways better, in some ways more effectively as you go along. But it all starts with somebody teaching you, right? That then right. you teach somebody else, and so it really is that mindset that kind of goes forward, which I think your example. And as you believe the word that God gives us, you know, we're created in His image. We're created to want this. the The problem is, is that most men won't back off enough to realize I've got to submit to this and I've got to, I've got to give it to God and, and start realizing what's going on. And when you see that you want, you desire more and more and more. And there's a synergy that you just, you, you don't see until you start doing it. Once you start diving in and asking God to show me what's going on, to be clear yep. about what he has in plan mm-hmm. for you. And you see these things that you've done put into action, uh, the, the, benefit of it is phenomenal. I mean, I tell this all the time in our marriage ministry. When we, when I first started making my changes, I was all in. But for a while, Megan was watching for me to get right back into my old habits. Yep. How long is this going to take? This right. is just this is just a new pair of pants he's got. Yep. And sooner or later, he's going to get back in his old ones and be right back where it was. And she, one of the most hurtful things at the time that I ever realized was we were talking one night, going through our stuff, and I was just sitting there looking at her. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm listening to you. And she said, no, you don't do that. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And we've been married like eight years at that point. I said, here it is. I've, I've taught her for eight years that I have no interest in listening to what you have to say to me. <laughs> and then That's as, a tough position to be in. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. terrible. But, but it wasn't her that was doing that. It was I that had done that. Mm-hmm. And then once I started changing that, our communication has just been unbelievable and and then, like, I look back even, like, you know, a couple of years ago when Dad had a stroke, I'm at the hospital falling apart, calling her on the phone saying he's got a brain bleed. They don't know what he's going to do. They're asking me about signing DNR papers. They're, you know, what what do I do here? This is during COVID, you know, so nobody else could be she's up She's a there. nurse, by the way, for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, she's so. a nurse practitioner, so yeah. she's, like, who I lean on. Well, I remember the spot I was sitting in the ER telling her this, and she said, John, you live your life telling people God has a plan. Now is when you got to live it out. Mm. And I looked at my phone. I said, why are you telling this to me? Why aren't you falling apart with me? But like, because we had built that over the years, she was able to pick me up and I was able to allow her to pick me up at a time that I needed that. Mm -hmm. And and 10 or 12 years ago, I wouldn't have even allowed that. And she'd have been so fearful to speak on something that might not have been, excuse me, understood the right way. And I just know that that's because of where we've grown in Christ. You yeah. better hold on to her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. D- double hand grip right there. I got to go with it. Well, and, you know, but what you're describing is so much. We started out by talking about how our culture doesn't say, you know, don't, don't give us this patriarchy stuff and Judeo-Christian stuff. And we know you people are abusers and you mistreat women and blah, blah, blah. You know, we get all these things. And it's like. The sad thing is nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, I'm sure there's some of that going on out there, but everything we've been talking about today is being selfless. Yeah. Selfless to other people, selfless to our wives, selfless to our families, and not selfish. I mean, that's we want to weed that part out. Right. Mm -hmm. Do, Do we naturally go for that? Sure. But, I mean, that's the old man. That's the one we put to death. And so there's a complete misnomer of what we're trying to accomplish to help people, which, right. and I love what you said, you can't, whether people are going to call your names or not, you got to do what's right. That's right. And you got to be consistent. That's right. And you got to be a leader.
I mean, and I think so many guys think that, you know, what they can't lead, you know, that they, they don't know enough or they don't, you know, they're afraid to what people are going to ask them about the word. Look, God doesn't call to qualify. He qualifies to call, right? So you just need to lean in. And if you don't lead your family, if you don't lead your spouse, if you don't, you know, try to lead your community, he, the, the evil one will. Yeah, you know, right. He will take over. And so you got to lean in, be obedient and, and, and take and understand, you know, you're not going to have all the answers. But some of some of the beauty of, of what I've had with my family is when I don't know the answers, let's figure it out together. Right. Yeah. And let's just go. And then the community that we built, you know, I'll, I can drop a question there with these guys. And, you know, I don't come in there as the, the host who knows it all. Right. And I, mean, I think we need to remember you're in the mission field wherever you're at. You know, just you were a pastor. You took that field. But I didn't take that field. Right. So I took I took a different route. But we all have an impact on the kingdom. And wherever you find yourself working today, that is your mission field. So get out there and do the work. Yeah, here's an interesting text in that Romans chapter 12. This is what it means to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Verse 14, 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Say what? Bless and do not curse. <laughs> rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, not, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Mm. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible. <laughs> Amazing. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, friends. Leave room for God's wrath. Do not be overcome by evil. He ends this up, he said, but overcome evil with good which is good, sound advice on the way you are in view of God's mercy, his death, burial, resurrection, removed our sin, going to raise us from the dead, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, which is an outstanding thing to read every time you get a little maybe saying, well, let's see, let me get this thing lined back out. Just remember, don't repay them evil for evil. Just take it and take it on the chin that they don't like you or they hate you. Jesus, they hated him. I mean, and he never made a mistake. So we're going to get a little hatred coming our way from time sounds to time. a lot like... Just love them and say, well, go tell them. Sounds a lot like what Jesus said in Luke 6, which is what we've been yep. talking about. Mm -hmm. So we're out of time. Um, Appreciate you guys coming on the podcast, Chris. This line within us yeah. uh, is what you can Google yeah. on your yeah. podcast. Yeah, uh, the line That's within. Great. Y'all the, the line within. The, the line within. Dot us is the website. You know, okay, everything's and, there. Uh, John, we always appreciate you, and we're going to do overtime, so we'll have a few more minutes. Uh, I want to unpack a little bit about that, what Dad brought out in Romans twelve. So some good stuff in there. Mm -hmm. So if you guys will stay over with us, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you go to get this content. So if you want to follow us over, come on. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.